You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 22 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholz. Uh, the first, of course, of 2024. And uh, I am delighted to be joined on the line by the editor of the Toolstation Western League Bulletin. It is Mr. Tom Hiscott. Happy New Year, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. Happy New Year to yourself as well. Have you a good festive period? It, yes, yes, I managed to. Yes, I managed to sort of come through it relatively unscathed. I, I, I'm, I'm still not 100% match fit, but I think <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm considerably better than the last time I spoke to you. So, um, no, so that that that's all uh, that's all good, and uh, uh, we've managed to navigate our way through another <laughs> Christmas with all that that entails. Um, you know, family and and, yep. and not being able to go and watch football matches. Although I have actually managed to um, to to I did manage to go and watch one the uh, the other day, which we'll be talking about on uh, on this week's podcast. We've got a lot to cover, haven't we, Tom? So we're, okay. we're not gonna we're not gonna dilly dally today. <laughs> we're gonna take a look back at some of the big games from Boxing Day. Uh, that's Tuesday, the twenty sixth of December, and we'll also be um, be having a look at some of the games um, that were played on um, on the thirtieth. Of uh, uh, of December um, in the in the Tool Station um, Western League. Obviously, we we we've had a winter break, and um, and we've got a bit of um, uh, we've got well we've got plenty of um, football to, to to catch up on. We'll also be having a look ahead to the fixtures coming up on Saturday the sixth, and um, a look at the league tables. Our interviews this week are with the manager of Falmouth Town, Andrew Westgarth, and also Craig Berry. He's the manager at um, Middlesbrough Rovers. Um, but we're going to start by going back to Tuesday, the 26th of December. We were all rolling around, replete from our <laughs> festivities, our Christmas dinner. Uh, and it will be interesting to see, I think, with the uh, with the results, just who overindulged on uh, on Christmas Day. Um, but Clevedon Town certainly didn't, did they, Tom? Um, and, and they finished, of course, 2023 as our, our league leaders. But they had a good win at home against Nowsy and Tickenham. Yeah, they did. Uh, fantastic result, to be honest. It was, um, yeah, a bit of a quiet start to the game. But, uh, yeah, Clevedon came into their own. It was, I think it was about 40, 40 minutes of, of goalless action uh, before it really did come to life at, at the end uh, of the first half. Sam Beresford breaking the deadlock for the home side. He's, um, yeah, he's uh, among the, the sharpest of sharpshooters at the moment in the in the division, definitely. So he put Clevedon one up. Uh, but Nailsey, yeah, to, to their credit, responded instantly. And that was a, a goal from Luke Osgood making it one apiece. Uh, but uh, yeah, Beresford again on target right at the start of the second half. So as I say, the game really coming to life at, uh, around the uh, the interval. Uh, Beresford making it 2-1. Uh, and then it was, uh, yeah, an, another goal pretty late on. Uh, stoppage time from Owen Puncelli. And that came after a red card from Lloyd Mills, given two, two yellow cards for, for the away side. So that was... Uh, made their their task pretty difficult during the second half, but uh, they managed to hold out for for most of it before Clevedon. Uh, yeah, as I say, added a, added a third in stoppage time, so they ran out three one winners over Nailsey and Tickenham. Um, there was a big crowd there. There were big crowds across the Western League on um, on Boxing Day. Um, one of the biggest um, was at Barnstable, Barnstable Town drawing two all with Ilfracombe. But even the seven hundred and nineteen Barnstable um, pales into insignificant with with what we believe is probably in all the years we've been doing this, Tom, <laughs> probably the biggest crowd, the biggest gate. Um, I, I can ever remember reading in your bulletin um, between <laughs> Falmouth Town and Helston Athletic. Likewise, I think yeah, putting four figures on there, especially for a, for a league game, is um, yeah maybe maybe some other cup matches have reached that sort of uh, number. But yeah, uh, for a league match, 
huge one and it was a, it was a big game and it was a, a big result second place Helston uh, falling to to a rare league defeat just their third of the campaign and it was a goal uh, pretty early on so hopefully the uh, the big crowd were 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 in early uh, Falmouth winning 1-0 at Bickland Park and that was a goal from Oscar Massey uh, yeah as I say inside the opening 10 minutes and it was uh, Falmouth who grabbed the 1-0 win uh, now if we look into the first division the, the big gates certainly continued down there one particularly eye-catching one was Longwell Green Sports 658 there uh, at their game against AEK Boko although the home fans wouldn't have been very happy as Boko ran out 3-1 winners but we'll take a look at perhaps one of the most eye-catching results of the season let alone um, of the festive period Canesham Town uh, at home to Brislington, high-flying Brislington, lowly Canesham. Surely, Tom, there could only be one winner here. <laughs> ah, well, you'd think so, but yeah, bit of a bit of a stunner this one. Uh, goals at the beginning of either half, helping helping Canesham uh, to a 2-0 win uh, over Brislington, and uh, yeah, Brislington were even even more unlikely to lose this coming into it. In yeah, fine foul, they were racking up pretty big wins coming into this, so. Um, yeah, a bit of a surprise. A, f- a fifth-minute opener from Jamal Thomas uh, put Canesham in front. Uh, and then it was Joe Davis. He's uh, he's in pretty good nick. Uh, Ten minutes uh, after the interval made it 2-0. And, uh, yeah, they managed to hold out. I mean, Brislington not scoring is, is quite a surprise. I think they've... Um, yeah, they've been finding the finding the back of that with uh, with quite some uh, ease of recent weeks. So to to fall to a two 0 loss at Canesham, yeah, probably would have um, been a bit of a bit of a surprise for them. So uh, yeah, brilliant result for for Canesham on Boxing Day. Too much eggnog, maybe there, possibly maybe. for Brislington. Anyway, uh, and um, uh, the next game we'll take a look at in the first division is a seven goal thriller mm. between two of the high flying sides in this season's um, first division fight. Our league leaders Portishead Town against Cribs Reserves, one of the great surprise packages of the first division this season. Well, they certainly surprised their hosts on Boxing Day, Tom. Yeah, this was a the hell of a game, and it was uh, yeah four three win. Uh, for Cribs, uh, they were come from, they were forced to come from behind early. A couple of goals from uh, no surprises. Uh, Ethan Felton putting putting Porters had two up after around 20 minutes. Uh, but yeah, as I say, Cribs did did come back into it. Liam Clayton getting them getting them on the board, and then it was Steve Murray uh, rolled the ball home just before halftime to to make it two apiece. Uh, Murray then uh, scored right at the beginning of the second half to make it three two. And uh, yeah, he was uh, the man who managed to 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 get the hat trick. Uh, and he, as I say, scoring 15 minutes from time. Uh, to to give Cribs their fourth. Uh, Felton, in, <laughs> not to be outdone on an, on an individual level, uh, Felton did manage to, to grab his third to get another hat-trick, but it, yeah, uh, Portishead falling just short and uh, yeah, first league defeat for them uh, since around early August, I think it was. So yeah, rare rare loss, And but obviously Felton kept up his side of the bargain, but unfortunately the defence uh, conceding four. We'll bring you up to date now by having a look at the games played on Saturday the 30th of December. Of course, that's the Saturday that's just um, gone. A a weather-ravaged fixture schedule, and um, we'll be having a chat with our fixture secretary, George McCaffrey, on next week's podcast about where we are with the fixtures. You know, as we come into January and February, of course, traditionally a time when we do lose um, matches. But there were a few games for us to talk about and a few Belters. The um, the big gates continued, although nothing on a par with what we saw on Boxing Day. And we'll kick things off in the Premier Division, Tom, by looking at uh, a very tight affair between Buckland Athletic and Barnstable Town. 
Yeah, absolutely. Just just one goal to to split them. But as you say, another big big crowd, four eighty down there. Um, but it was the away side who who went home the happier. Um, um, and as I say, one one goal split them. Uh, Barnstaple uh, taking home all three points, and it was a goal towards the end of the first half from the penalty spot by Billy Tucker, and uh, yeah, handed uh, Buckland a rare home defeat. So uh, they were unable to to find an equaliser, and it was Barnstaple who took home the one 0 win. Now, Helston Athletic, they were in action at home against Torpoint Athletic and they were um, keen, I'm sure, to shake off that rare defeat uh, from Boxing Day at the hands of uh, Falmouth. And, um, well, they did so in impressive style, Tom. Yeah, it felt like they had a bit of a bit of a point to prove in this one. They came out firing uh, in the early stages. Uh, Sam Carter firing them ahead after around 20 minutes, uh, and then he turned provider crossing for for Jordan Bentley, who made it two 0 pretty soon after. Uh, Bentley then adding another uh, 10 minutes before half time. So yeah, they really did. Um, yeah, as I say, they came out came out firing, and that was three uh, 0 um, done and dusted pretty much by half time. Uh, and then it was a, a late late goal from Curtis Damarell that made it made it four 0 So Helston rebounding from. Uh, their Boxing Day defeat, as you say, uh, a 4-0 win for them over Tor Point. Now, we've been making a bit of an effort to avoid talking about Millbrook on the podcast because they've suffered some some pretty heavy defeats. And um, I, I should say that uh, on um, December the 22nd, um, they did actually manage to record their first victory. So we should they give did. them a big we should give them a big thumbs up for that. Perhaps, mm, um, um, you know, better times are ahead. Uh, in 2024, they won 2-1 against Saltash United. But they've had a couple of 4-0 um, defeats um, since then. And the latest, that was on the 30th of December, Tom, that was uh, at home to Falmouth Town. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, yeah, an away win for, for Falmouth and uh, a couple of goals from Ruben Wilson. Uh, and then Oscar Massey, who was on target in the in the big win at Helston, uh, and then also James Ward, uh, skipper, uh, managed to to grab a grab another goal. So it was Falmouth who ran out four winners away at Millbrook. Now Falmouth's form, particularly in the last few months, has been incredibly impressive, uh, and that was a theme I wanted to pick up with Andrew Westgarth, the Falmouth Town manager. Uh, I started my uh, interview with Andrew, asking him about um, uh, about that impressive end to 2023, uh, a year that I guess he'll be looking back with fond memories. Yeah, it has been a great year for us. Um, you know, I think we started the the Western League, you know, a bit slowly actually, but I think you know since the turn of last Christmas, we went on a good run. We ended the year really well, and and we sort of started this this season, end of this year, really well. So yeah, overall. 2023 has been really pleasing and a great way to sign off obviously with another win uh, and you know I think all of us who've been following the Western League this season will appreciate that it's not been the easiest time um, for Millbrook um, but they did manage to rack up their first victory of the season recently so I mean having had a look at them on Saturday do you think that they've got better things to look forward to in 2024? Uh, yeah I guess they have yeah so you know credit for their ground staff to get in the game on you know, when we arrived there, the pitch was, um, you know, looking pretty heavy. And and when the rain came in at half time, you know, you did fear the worst. But um, you know, I was, you know, delighted to get the game on, delighted to get the win and the three points. But like you said, credit to them. Um, you know, great club, great people around, got some great youngsters. You know, didn't hear them once moaning. You know, no rash tackles, no being idiots. So. You know, credit where credit's due. Obviously, everyone knows the, you know, the struggles they're going to have. But you know, I think they've closed the gap at the bottom of the league table. So, you know, fair play to them. It was it's quite ironic, really. You know, we Salt Ash took us to the wire the week before, and 
you know, we done well to, to win that game. And then they got I got a great win over, over Salt Ash, really. So, you know, fair play to them. Uh, we, we can't really do an interview without talking about that excellent win on Boxing Day. Um, it was against Helston. I mean, there was a, a an absolutely astonishing crowd um, in for that game. I mean, you must have you must have enjoyed the victory, even if you didn't enjoy the performance. Yeah, I enjoyed all of it. You know, I think it had been uh, brought to my attention that we hadn't beaten Helston in the league for a, for a few years. Um, you know, I, I knew it had been a while, but I didn't realise it had been five seasons. You know, we had a couple of draws in there and. I think one year we got to the Senior Cup final, so we rested a lot of team. But even still, you know, for for a club like us to go five years is, wasn't ideal. And then, uh, yeah, like you said, to to get the win was great. But the manner in which we won, which was which was pleasing. And then, you know, obviously to get the the record crowd or of the season, I suppose. I don't know what the actual history record crowd, uh, crowd is, but um, we knew it would be a big one. But you know. 1845 is it's pretty special and you know definitely a day I'll look back on and for memories well I'll do my best to dig around the annals and come back to you on that because I mean it's certainly an eye-catching number and uh, it must have been an incredible experience for you and your players to have been involved in the game with that with that level of um, support but I mean things have obviously been on the up for you this season you, you find yourselves in fourth place at the turn of the year but but that something sort of tells me that you're probably looking up rather than down yeah nothing nothing's really changed with us you know we set our targets at the beginning of the season where we wanted to be um, you know like other teams I'm sure that you know I think with the introduction of the playoffs it's definitely sharpened everyone's pencil and made everyone a bit more hungry to you know, to stay up at the top end of the table because, you know, like playoffs or don't like them, I suppose, you know, it, it gives everybody something to, to aim for, doesn't it? You know, I think when there's always one up, you know, you can get to Christmas and be miles off the pace and, you know, and everybody thinks, oh, we've got no chance, you know, if you're 10th and above, whereas now anybody 10th and above, you know, you could probably make a make a, um, a case for getting in that top five, you know, or was it top six, maybe? Or, yeah, uh, yeah, top five. So, um, you know, it certainly made it interesting for everyone, and you know, all we can do is you know, is keep taking the games off. You know, we're a little bit behind the curve game-wise. I think you know, the guys in front of us have probably played three, four games more than us, so we know we still got a lot of work to do, and uh, yeah, just enjoying it while we can. Because that situation means that you've really got a, pl- um, a part to play, an important part to play in this season's um, title race. Because, of course, if you win those games in hand, that puts you right in the mix. But I guess, you know, it's the oldest adage in the book, isn't it? Whether points on the board are better than, you know, games in hand. I mean, is that the way that you're looking at it? Like you said, there's a big if, isn't it? It's, um, you can look at it one or two ways, can't you? You know, having points in the bag is always great. It's always difficult, I suppose, at the end of the season or whenever you've got to catch those games up to, to play them because in your head you think, you know, full strength side, we should, we should be doing well. But we all know with travelling, you know, unavailability, so if you're playing a lot of games close together, injury, so it's, it's getting that balance right, really. So, um, you know, I think looking at our fixtures, not too bad, I suppose, midweek games. So, you know, I think most of our games are on a Saturday. So we can't really afford to have too many more games off and, and I suppose, you know, we've got the Vaz games and I suppose if we're successful in that, then we might we might have to have a couple more win weeks or, or however far we get. So um, I think, you know, January is an important month. You know, if you, I suppose if you look at all the sides up and around, um, you know, the playoff positions, I think there's a lot of games against each other. So, you know, I think there'll be a lot of points dropped or, um, 
you know interesting results coming up. So I think I think for a lot of us, we'll all be looking at those those sort of games with more attention, I guess, than than we have done in the last couple of months. Well, I'm sure that supporters of Helston and, and Bridgewater will be looking over their shoulder at you uh, in the league table. But of course, actually, you know, you've got quality sides just below you in Buckland and Barnstable. I mean, would you be surprised if one of them puts a run together towards the end of the season? No, not at all. You know, I think all of the sides that you mentioned then are on, on good form. I think, you know, Barnstable, I think, are, are low down in the table, probably more just because they're a bit like us. They haven't played enough games. You know, I think, you know, they'll probably be the first to admit they've drawn drawn too many, but they're you know they're a good side on their day and, and they're difficult to beat. Um, you know, Buckland have gone on a good run. You know, you still got Brixham up there. You know, Shepton have, have definitely improved since the start of the season. They can take points off anybody. Um, you know, obviously Houston, Bridgewater. You know, for all their difficulties off the field, they're, they're still up there and competing. In Clevedon, you've got to take your hat off to them. You know, what an unbelievable season they've had. So um, I don't think I've missed anybody out, but. I have, I do apologise, but you know it's a it's, it's a great looking um, you know, end of the season, really. So yeah, it's been interesting, it's interesting to see what happens. It, it is, and of course, in one of the great you know dramas that the fixture calendar throws up, it's um, it's Bridgewater who you've got up next. Um, I mean, you you know, I think their their problems over the last month or so are sort of well documented. So it's a funny game for you to to go into. So from a preparatory point of view isn't it because I mean you could look at it, a, a team there that perhaps is for the taking equally you know if they've got a siege mentality then you know that could galvanise them between now and the end of the season it's going to be a um, I mean have you got any idea which Bridgewater is going to turn up um, on Saturday uh, no I still think they're on they're on good form you know the league table never lies they're up there for a reason you know they've still got quality players just saw today they just signed back their uh, their old centre forward, so you know they're gonna they've got they've got more goals in their team, so you know, they're a dangerous team, and um, you know we know the qualities they can bring, so it'll be a tough old game, and you know but these are the reasons why we wanted to be in the Western League to play against you know teams like this and on big occasions. So you know, like I said a minute ago, we've got a tough January, um, so you know exciting period for the club. Absolutely. And, of course, you've also got that fantastic game um, in the bars against Hartbury College. Um, you've been lucky enough to get a, a home draw. D- does that give you confidence that, you know, the Vars is a, is, a, is a competition that you can progress in this season? Yeah, definitely. You know, we always, uh, you know, we always want to do well in the Cups, not just the FA Vars. We want to do well in the domestic Cups. So... Um, a home draw, perfect for us, really. You know, I think gone were the days of us wanting to have a big away trips for social. You know, we do it so much now in the Westerly travelling. You know, all we want is home draws. And, you know, Hartbury, I know they're a league below us. Um, but, you know, I suppose if you look at their makeup and, you know, what sort of quality they have at their university, we know it's going to be a real, real tough game. Obviously, you know, they beat Cleveland in the last round. And, um, you know, not many teams have done that this year. No. So, you know, we know they're going to be a, a tough outfit. Young boys. Bit. you know you've only got to look at the caliber of players they've had leave the university and go on and do good things so you know we know it's going to be a tough period you know we've got Blazy in between that and the senior cup so like i said a minute ago you know really tough period but also a really exciting period so i'd rather have it this way than than an hour of the cups and, and not playing any sort of big games i i guess you could do with another 1845 people turning up for that hartbury college game couldn't you <laughs> be nice wouldn't it but you know i think the way the fixtures were you know a lot of the clinical league sides down this way they play at 11 o'clock our second team were at 11 o'clock so we knew that we would probably get you know a, a bumper crowd through 
you know, other people trying to watch um, watch us after watching their team play, I guess. And obviously, you get the families returning home, so you know, we knew it would be would be big. So, um, you know, we've done quite well in the bars this year with with gates. So, I wouldn't be surprised if we see another big one. I think our average this year is, you know, it's got to be over 400, close to 500. So, um, you know, it'd be great to get that sort of number again, if not more. Well, I mean, in, in all seriousness, in, in sort of my time watching Western League football, it's been the latter stages of the Vars that have, have prompted um, four-figure gates. So, you know, the fact is, if you are able to compete in that competition, um, then, um, I mean, that, that will hopefully give you a massive boost, not just financially for the club, but also, you know, it, it, it sounds like that level of support has been a big bonus for you, whereas perhaps in the past some teams might have folded when players playing in such a big gate. The, the, the gates sometimes can work for you or against you, you know, because yes, we're used to it, but you know, if you're playing against a side who who aren't used to playing in front of that crowd, they could probably up their game, or like you said, it could wilt them. So, um, you know, who knows what Hartbury will, you know, what sort of Hartbury side will come down? You know, looking at their sort of numbers, they don't have you know a great following as expected, being a university. So, who knows? They could come down, like I said a minute ago, you know, and, and revel in it, or they could, uh, you know, they could crumble. So. Yeah, it'd be interesting but you know from our point of view we just got to keep doing what we're doing you know we're used to those sort of numbers it does definitely give us a boost it's almost like a 12th man for us so you know i know the boys are looking forward to it looking forward to it so yeah it should be great and you know and you know i think you've got to look at the western league in the last couple of years you know bridgewater have been successful the last couple of years um buckland have always done well on it so you know i suppose now it's our turn to try and fly the flag for the western league and my thanks to Andrew for his time. Now we have a message from our sponsor, Toolstation. Whatever the job, with over 25,000 products in stock and ready to go, you can click, collect and conquer at Toolstation. Right then, we'll take a look into the first division and we'll start off, Tom, with the game that I was at. Bradford Town hosted Radstock Town and, um, well, it was a close affair, but perhaps it shouldn't have been. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you'd have to have to enlighten me on that one, but yeah, one all it finished, and uh, yeah, Bradford nicking a nicking a point at the death. Radstock were never going to touch on the the league tables later, but they had a, an opportunity to really trim the gap at the top after, uh, especially after Portshead had, had suffered that that rare defeat on Boxing Day, uh, and they they looked in position to do so. Carl Thomas putting them ahead uh, midway through the first half, and uh, as I say, that looked as though it was going to be enough just to to eke out the one nil win. Uh, but Bradford had other ideas, and it was Tyson Pollard finding it finding time uh, to, to, to get the leveller in stoppage time. They were down to 10 at the time, uh, but, uh, suffered a red card. But yeah, as I say, they, they managed to just about find time to, to get that equaliser and denied Radstock a 1-0 win. So it finished one apiece between Bradford and Radstock. Yeah, I think it will be a case of Radstock ruining missed opportunities. Mm. Um, certainly, I didn't manage to see the Radstock goal. I got there a little bit later. But certainly um, in the opening exchanges of the second half, Radstock started... Uh, the stronger, and I thought it was the old adage of the best form of defence is attack. Radstock were putting a lot of pressure on the Bradford Town defence, and um, of course, all the time the ball was up in that part of the pitch, Radstock weren't in danger of conceding. Well, that pendulum swang, and um, uh, Bradford came back into the game, and their persistence paid off in the end. When they suffered the red card, which wasn't that long before the end, I thought that was probably going to be it, and that Radstock were going to be we're going to just be able to get over the line. And I, I think the, the worst thing about that is that I think Radstock felt exactly the same thing. And maybe the players 
switched off a little bit, but um, Bradford kept about their task and um, you know managed to get at that equaliser. And um, you know it was a, it was a bit it was a bit cold, but it was a great advertisement for um, first division football in the Tool Station Western League. So um, and it keeps things really interesting, of course, at the top of the table. We'll talk a little bit more about that um, shortly on the podcast. Um, we will turn our attention now to Middlesbrough Rovers uh, against Gillingham Town. Middlesbrough looking to sign out 2023, their first season in the Tool Station um, Western League. And they, they did so with all three points at home. Yeah, they did. And uh, being at home as well seems to have, seem to have definitely helped them over the last couple of uh, couple of weeks and months. They've been yeah enjoying some pretty decent home form. And uh, yeah, that continued uh, on the uh, in their final game of the year. Uh, 2-0 win uh, over Gillingham. And it was a couple of long range free kicks from uh, Liam Winter that did the did the did the damage. That was a nice, uh, nice festive name to, to get in there. And uh, yeah, he scored <laughs> twice in a 2-0 win for Middlesbrough over Gillingham. Yes, a windswept Middlesbrough. Um, mm. Perhaps the local paper there will be. The, the headline should be in the bleak midwinter. Anyway, hey. that's complete nonsense from me. It was a great opportunity, though, to get back in touch with Craig Berry, the manager of Middlesbrough Rovers. And we reflected on that win uh, against Gillingham Town. And I asked Craig whether he was happy with that performance. 2-0 was a, a good sign-off. The... The weather played its part in the game, to say the least, for, for both teams, for both teams. But, um, you know, as, as we keep saying, whether you win ugly or you win pretty, you win. And that's the bit that you remember. Um, admittedly, we want, want to be playing in those conditions week in, week out. I think all the players and the management would probably give up football, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, how did that performance compare against your game on Boxing Day? Obviously, you lost out narrowly to Wells City, but they are a good side. Wells are, are a good side. The the pitch was wet, is the best way to word it. So the way that we like to play football or want to play football pretty much went out the window from the get-go. I would say they took their opportunities and we didn't take ours and they deserved, they deserved the three points. Um, but, I mean, in contrast, there was that incredible win over Wincanton Town. I, I say incredible because Wincanton are a team who've got very good pedigree in the Tool Station um, Western League. But you really put them to the sword, didn't you? Five goals to two. After the game, it took us all a few moments. We stood there and looked at one another and go, have we just beaten Wincanton? <laughs> and, and it was really strange, but... We we deserve to win, and I hope that they would agree that, that we deserve to win. And we created some good chances. We took some good chances. We set up in a manner to probably try and nullify the threats that we knew that they had. So we set ourselves up probably a little bit defensive to start with to make sure that we stayed in the game. But then staying in the game, we seemed to grow in confidence. We had we had a couple of young, I mean, 17, 18-year-olds playing in the centre of midfield that day as well. One of them, it was his front field, and he thrived and did very well and got man of the match. So, yeah, it was, for us, it was a very good day, but it did take us a few moments to, for it to sink in. And that, in of itself, was a bit of a contrast to the game that I saw you play. That was the game where you hosted the league leaders, Portishead Town. On, uh, on that occasion, you were on the wrong end um, of a scoreline in, involving... 
um, five goals. I mean, did you think you learnt something from that game that perhaps you were able to take into the Wincanton experience? Don't get a player sent off after 12 minutes. That was definitely a learning curve. Um, but, but also, I think that, you know, in this division, you, you have to treat all the teams with respect because anybody, in effect, can beat anybody on their day. I think that, you know, against Porter said when we played him away very early on in the season, um, we were in trouble after about 10, 15 minutes. Obviously, the the sending off didn't help at all when we played at home. But I think that, yeah, for us, every, every time we play a team in the Western League, well, until now when we started to play teams the second time around, it was always a learning curve. You don't know how they play, you don't know who their, their, you know, exciting players are, for want of a better word. You don't know if they're uh, physical, aerial, you know, have they got quick wingers. So I would like to think that each time we play, we learn something. And when you play that team again, you take that, you know, in into that game. Although, yeah, I mean, Porter's head, they, you know, they deserve to win. Um, they put us to the sword. We had a much better second half, but you would argue a team that's winning for one at half time probably coast to a second half. So, yeah, they're they're a very difficult team to play against. You mentioned the weather right at the beginning of our chat, and I have to say that the de- that that Portishead game um, has got to be one of the windiest matches, if not the windiest match um, I've ever been to. I mean, is that normal for you? Is 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 the wind a, a regular feature at Middlesbrough? I mean, I know it sounds silly. So it, it depends on the weather. We're obviously on an on an old RAF base, so it's flat and it's open. So if you do have uh, a windy day, you are liable to get it. Although on Saturday, this Saturday that we played, um, the wind was going across the pitch and not down the middle of the pitch. If that makes any sense, was with Porter's head, it was end to end. Whereas on Saturday you don't very often get it out there. It was across the pitch, so it didn't really benefit either team, if that makes sense. But, yeah, you do... There are days where it can be dusty, I think is the best way to word it. I, I have to say that, that I really appreciated your hospitality um, on on the day that I came uh, and, and visited, and obviously that includes the, the generosity of the club. We raised... I think it was a hundred pounds for mind in Somerset. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for your support in that. But one of the things that I was really taken um, about your club was your beautiful clubhouse. It's a, it's a f- wonderful facility. It's probably with va- visiting teams come to you. It must be um, a real talking point, um, a, a, um, uh, the envy of, of clubs, um, certainly in the first division. I mean, can you, you tell us a little bit about um, how the club um, uh, got that that clubhouse because obviously the, the facilities that you have are a, a key um, element of your ascension from the county leagues into the into the western league. Um, yes, yeah, so in effect, it came about because we, as a football club, were growing, but we were still operating in a World War Two building. In effect, and we got to a point where we went to Somerset FA and said we either need change or the football club won't exist anymore because the facilities are falling down around our ears. Um, and I mean, that was probably in 2000 and 
three, we started the process. Somerset FA were then were kind enough to say, yeah, we agree, but to get to where you want to be, you need these things in place. So they gave us a big long list of things that we needed to do to get to the situation before we could even be considered sensibly for um, for funding, which then once we had a plan together and we um, had the plan and application approved, it was a case of waiting for funding. And um, Virador Credits were the first people to give us £50,000 funding. And as soon as that fell in, the Football Foundation, the Football Stadium Improvement Fund, lots of other funding bodies all fell into place at the same time. But it, it took it took a good 10 years, really, from the conversation with Somerset FA to actually land in the, the project to then build it to what we have now. I mean, it's a huge credit to, to you and the football club um, for... Um, for putting that in place. It really is something that I recommend um, people when they do visit you, I think they will appreciate and be incredibly impressed by. Um, let's get back to talking about the football. Um, you're 11th at the moment, mid-table. I mean, do you think that's a fair reflection on the first half of life for you in the Western League? Um, yes, and if someone had said to me, you'll be at the turn of the year and you'll be mid-table, um, you know, you've, you'll have conceded as many as you've scored and you'll be enjoying your football uh, I mean I I don't me personally I don't really feel any pressure this year I felt pressure wanting to get out of the county league and get into the western league because we had a want we had a need we would have probably lost half of the half of the first team if we hadn't been promoted so I think it's a fair reflection there's been games where you think what if could we would we but I'm sure teams that we play against would also have those feelings at times when it's been a, a tight game or a decision that you know is up for debate from a spectator's point of view as opposed to an official's point of view but yeah I, I think as a football club we have to be happy where where we sit at this moment in time I mean based on what you've said in this interview um, you've obviously learnt a lot from the, from, the, from the matches that you've played so far in the league so I guess in terms of 2024 you'll be looking up the league table rather than down it Yes I think um, you know when, when we started the, the season we had no idea of who was going to be a strong team or who was going to be a consistent team or those teams that you know might be mid-table or those teams that you know might be in the, in the bottom five or six and you know, those teams are in the bottom five or six certainly have, I think, the capabilities to get out of those situations if they have a good run and they keep all their players fit and they keep everybody together. But from our point of view, being mid-table, you can start to target games and you can start to look at games and go, right, that should really be we're playing at home, that should really be a win, that, you know, if we go away and we're playing someone in the top four or five and you're sort of thinking, right, if we get a, a point out of the day, we've had a good day. And plus you also know some of the ways that some of the teams play, how they set up and, and what they do. So certainly from our point of view, we've, you know, we've got to be looking to push on and, you know, go up a few places in the table if we um, apply ourselves in the right manner for the second half of the season. Well, you've got a trip to Cavery Heath coming up on Saturday. Um, obviously, last yeah. season they were playing their football in the Premier Division, so they're going to be a real test for you. 
Yes, and um, we played them at um, home, uh, and it was a test that day. Um, and I, I think when you play the teams that have been, you know, come from the the Prem, or when we've had cup games and played teams that are in the Prem, you you know that they're a little bit sharper, some are a little bit fitter, a little bit quicker, and some definitely are a little bit wiser. You have to be on the front foot, but most importantly, as a collective, you have to be switched on to those threats that the teams that have been in the Prem or are in the Prem, you know, bring, um, as opposed to those teams that might have been in the, the first division, you know, for a number of years. Because uh, it's going to be a different, a different kind of test the weekend after, isn't it? You, you've got a um, uh, game against Bishop Sutton, and th- they've been struggling this season. But I think, based on you know, not least what you said yourself about the fact that anybody can be anybody, you, you know, you can't um, go into that game with any complacency. Not at all. We played them at home. I think fourth or fifth game in the season, midweek, and we won one nil. You know. Um, and I think on the, the Saturday before, they had lost four or five nil. So, yeah, I, I really don't think that there's there's any, you know, nobody can have any complacency in in the league. And I think if you do, you'll come unstuck and teams will, you know, teams that are in the bottom four or five, they are down there, you know, scrapping to get points, to put themselves in a better position, to, to gain to gain places on those above them. And I think that sometimes when, you know, mid-table teams, they get to a certain point in the season and they'll go, we're not really paying for anything. We, we're mid-table. We're, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a game of football as opposed to those that are in the top four or five and those that are in the bottom four or five. It's a completely different mindset. So, yeah, definitely we have to, we have to have the right mindset when we play everybody and anybody, no matter if they're, you know, mid-table or in the bottom three or four. And my thanks to Craig for his time. One final goal, uh, one final game to talk about uh, from the first division on Saturday, the 30th of December, was Wincanton Town. Wincanton Town, the, the form guide is all over the place with Wincanton yes. at the moment. <laughs> we just don't know which Wincanton is going to turn up. There they are take goals. They were, that's absolutely <laughs> true. They were taking on Weld City, of course, who, um, you know, we know how good they are from their exploits in the FA Vars. They've got games to make up in the league. Um, this had Thriller written all over it, Tom. Did it live <laughs> up to that billing? Of course it did. Of course it did. As I say, goals always involved, uh, especially with Wincanton. But Wells were, uh, yeah, in in pretty pretty good form coming into this one, uh, and their their comeback was a little bit too late, unfortunately. Well, they they it ended up being too late. Uh, Wincanton running out three two winners, uh, and they yeah looked to be looked to be comfortable early on. Uh, enjoyed the best of the first half, and uh, the Wasp two 0 up uh, thanks to goals from Matt Garner and Tom Jarvis. Uh, but yeah, Wells really did uh, mount a late comeback, uh, trimmed the deficit five minutes from time through Tom Hill, uh, and then managed to actually level affairs a couple of minutes, couple of minutes later. So that was um, yeah, uh, made it a bit of a bit of an epic finish. And it was when Canton who managed to find that fifth goal. Uh, it looked like they'd squandered the points, but not to be. And it was Garner heading home his second of the afternoon, and uh, when Canton running out three two winners. So uh, yeah, bring the curtain down on the year for the uh, the Western League with a with an absolute thriller, as you say.
Absolutely right. And what better time than now to look ahead to the first set of fixtures in 2024, those games being played on Saturday, the 6th of January. Which fixture has caught your eye in the Premier Division, Tom? Ooh, I've gone for uh, Falmouth versus Bridgewater. So we've got fourth versus third. I think there's a couple of uh, pretty epic games uh, on, on Saturday, but I've gone for gone for Falmouth. Bridgie, uh, Bridgie suffering a couple of, uh, yeah, pretty... Uh, pretty surprising defeats uh, over the over recent weeks, whereas Falmouth banning form. So I think that'll be another tough game for Bridgewater, but they'll be uh, looking to looking to bounce back, I'd have thought. And um, my pick of the fixtures is going to be Barnstable Town against Helston Athletic. We know there'll be a big gate for this one, a lot of interest um, from both sides. I'm sure the game will be played at a hell of a place, very competitive, but I think these are two sides with aspirations um, to play their football beyond the Western League. And this is a big game this season in that contest. So um, that's where my uh, interest will be. Taking a look into the first division, Tom, what game catches your eye there? Gone for another game uh, involving some of the top sides. I think this one's 56. And we got Bitten versus Wincanton. Uh, two pretty, yeah, two <laughs> more teams in, in good form, as we touched on with Wincanton there. Uh, there there's going to be our goals and pretty much that's, that's guaranteed and uh, yeah they did put five past it earlier in the season so inside will be a little bit of uh, yeah a little bit of revenge maybe on there uh, and um, my pick of the first division fixtures will be high-flying Radstock Town taking on Wells City. I suspect something's got to give here. I think Wells are one of those sides that could make a run from the pack towards the playoffs. Radstock are in uh, ownership of one of those places at the moment, um, but um, you know uh, if they uh, if they fall to a defeat at home here to Wells City, that could start to raise questions about whether they can keep that good uh, form up. So I think there's a lot riding on this game. It'd be very interesting to see who comes out on top. Now, having said that, of course, it'd probably be a draw. Um, right then, Tom, we'll have a very quick look at the league tables um, before we, we hang up the old microphone. Um, who finished top of the pile in 2023? It was Clevedon Town, uh, riding some amazing uh, recent form. Well, they've only lost once all season so they're having an epic season aren't they really 19 games played uh they've won 15 of those so they're on 48 points so that's uh yeah pretty pretty decent start for them uh four points clear of helston uh also played 19 uh they've won 14 of those much uh much better goal difference it must be said and everyone around them really i'm uh, leading the league by a considerable margin on that mark so that might come back to help them if it's uh, if it continues to be tight uh, and then you've got Bridgewater, who are in third, also played 19. Uh, they're on 40 points, so that's four behind Helston, eight, eight off the lead. Uh, and then you've got Falmouth, I think, uh, are worthy of a worthy of mention. They've only played 16. Uh, they've won 11 of those, and they're on 36 points. So a little bit of catching up to do in terms of fixtures, and they are 12 off the top of the table. And looking at the foot of the Premier Division table, still um, rooted to the bottom, Millbrook, but they have picked up that first win of the season, giving them three points. So um, that's uh, reasons to be cheerful for 2024. Uh, then it's Oldland Abertonians in 17th. Um, they've got nine points, um, four points away from Wellington and Saltash, who sit just uh, above them. Uh, at the uh, at the foot of the of the Western League um, table with Welton Rovers in 14th, so uh, that's what the um, uh, the bottom half of the table looks like. Uh, what about um, the high flyers in the first division, Tom? Oh, in the first, we've got Porter's Head still still top, despite suffering their uh, second league defeat of this season. They're on 60 points from 24 matches, uh, 19 victories already this term. So yeah, they are uh, they're doing 
well, amazingly well, aren't they? They've got a three-point lead on Radstock. who have actually played twice more. They've played 26 matches. That's a considerable, uh, considerable uh, amount of games that they've got under their belts. Uh, and they're on 57 points, so that's three off the top. Uh, you've then got Cribs Reserves, who obviously picked up that crucial victory over Porter's Head. Uh, they've played 27 matches, uh, winning 17 of those. They're on 55 points. Uh, and then you've got Brislington, who have uh, played 23, so a couple in hand on, on most of those above. They're on 50 points, uh, and they've got the best goal difference of the bunch. They're on uh, 53 for, for, for the goals difference margin. And then you've got a couple of teams on 49 points, which is, yeah, very much still in a, in a race, potentially, if they, uh, yeah, enjoy the best of the, the second half of the campaign. That's Bitten in fifth. Uh, they've played 24. And then Wincanton, who've played 25, they're in sixth. As I say, also on 49 points. So those six teams uh, look to have pulled away a little bit from the chasing pack. And at the bottom of the first division, Bishop Sutton, um, two draws to their name, two points on the board. Uh, then there's quite a gap between themselves and Cheddar in 21st. Uh, they've played 24. They've got 13 points. And then just above them, Canesham Town, the conquerors of Brislington, no less. They've played mm-hmm. 24. They've got <laughs> 19 points. Surely they can't stay in 20th. Um, I'm sure Hengrove hope that they will because Hengrove are in 19th. They've also played 24 games and they've got 20 points to fewer than Gillingham Town, who uh, sit just above them in 18th, having played 23 matches. So that's the foot of the first division. Um, Tom, unlike normal, we've been enjoying two, <laughs> not one of your bulletins. Um, thank you very much um, for your festive work. Whilst I hung up the microphone over Christmas, you were still um, producing the bulletin. So well done um, to you. Where, where can the listeners find your work? No worries at all. Yeah, so that's on the uh, the Tool Station League website. Uh, you go to the go to the homepage, and it's it's on there just a little bit down uh, down the uh, on the left hand side. Uh, and that's yeah, as I say, that came out a couple of times over over the festive period. But that should be usually comes out sort of Sunday Sunday morning, Sunday Sunday afternoon, uh, covering the matches that have happened in the week and and looking ahead at what's to come. Excellent, Tom. It's lovely to um, um, speak to you on our first podcast of, of, of 2024. And I look forward to catching up with you next week on the Tool Station Western League podcast.